Um, but I'm very happy to be doing back this in the episode studio, back, back in the, in the studio. We are really ha- we're we're in person, which we are so psyched about. Um, but we do come bearing probably expected, but sad news. Yeah, I I kind of I feel bad for posting like photos of us back in the booth um, recording because I and and all the stuff about like call in call in because I do feel like it led people down a path of thinking that we were back back. Okay, but also before we get into this, okay, I think we just say this will be the final this main is feed our final care episode episode of, of urgent care for now. For now, but also we do just to say the reason we're posting that we're in the studio is we do have a full other season of bonus care that's coming out. So it's not the regular pod, I believe but it's by the time this premium. comes out the first episode will be out yeah. of bonus care. So there is more Check out Stitcher Premium y'all. Yeah. No ads. No ads. And bonus care. So there's more, but this will be the final main feed episode of Urgent Care, at least for now. For now. Um, so, you know, we'll get into sort of the emotional whatever at the very end. Uh, we didn't want to just leave you guys in, without a, a formal goodbye. Yes. And Airwolf was nice enough to let us record this formal goodbye. And we wanted to do one last episode just for, for us, too. Yeah, we wanted to... Sort of uh, close the loop. Close the loop. Little bow on it, um, and just say thank you. Also, because you know, otherwise the goodbye would have been a little unceremonious. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so we haven't recorded. They haven't heard from us since October. Yes. So, what has been going on in your life since October? Um, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I guess like in the interest of like uh, the most transparency I'll ever have in my life, um, I went through like a really dark, depressive spell and now I'm feeling a lot happier and leveled out. And um, I I had like kind of the COVID burnout, work, Zoom fatigue, depression, whatever um, stew that I think so many people had at the end of 2021. Um, And yeah, now feeling a lot better but who knows uh when this comes out maybe it'll be back to square one again (laughs) but i think honestly like you know we've talked so much about like mental health and i do think like i'm learning a lot about myself and my patterns and you know my 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 various diagnoses etc um which has been great um and oh and i i guess i'll just say also because I feel like I won't want to do this at the very end. Um, the second season of Debra's is coming out April 24th. Sunday's on Adult Swim and then Monday's on HBO Max. Which is huge. Which is huge. Um, really exciting. We worked so hard. I would say my biggest complaint about season one of Debra's is that it wasn't on HBO Max. Yes. And took, so now you took the note. And We took the note. Yeah. We listened. <laughs> we listened to Joel. And um, I'm really excited. I feel really proud. A bunch of friends are in the show. Um, we worked so hard on it. And I just think like we grew so much from season one to season two so i really hope um you'll watch that shit um 
And I'm going to. <laughs> I know Joel will. Joel is our, our I, one of our biggest supporters. I might come to the premiere, but they did tell me I I, can, I can't have a plus a plus one. So what's well, a maybe? Yeah, it's, it's a not maybe. a no. It's a it's maybe. A maybe. It's a maybe. <laughs> um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Joel's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not just you. No one's getting a plus one. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but but for me, it's special because I I'm not used to having a plus one. I know, you know? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We'll do what we can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joel. Yeah. How the hell are you? I mean, I'm good. I mean, I just brought up the plus one of it all. I think like since October, um, you know, the relationship stuff has been going really well. I know people have, are heavily invested in my situation. Um, but your situation is even not, I, I would say that's not even an accurate description anymore. No, it's yeah, just it's a, a full blown, yeah, thing now, um, which has been going great. And like we had some bumpy periods um, around the new year because of my bad brain. Um, but we've really learned how to like navigate some of the stuff um, you know, some of the more difficult, um, patches of being in a relationship. And I have to say like one thing that, um, that has really stuck with me is just like sort of like living in the discomfort. I think mm -hmm. like for so long in my life, like I would be like a little bit, I feel a little bit of discomfort and I'd be like, okay, let's shut this down. Like pack it up. Let's get out of here. I really and relate I think, to that. And I think like sort of riding out those periods of discomfort, um, for however long or short they may be has been really rewarding because I come out the other side loving my partner even more every time. So, um, yeah, that's like a, a piece of broad general advice from someone who is, you know, just shy of a year deep with someone. Um, I don't know a lot, but I know that. And it's been good. It's been really good. Um, and I guess I'll also, but I know that like if you're following this podcast at all, you probably already know this, but my movie Fire Island comes out June 3rd. Um, there will, I believe the trailer will probably be out by the end of this month. What? So, yeah. yeah. And Joel, I'm holding you, I'm taking you to task on the podcast because I still haven't seen the movie, which is. Um, you will. There, there's some screenings coming up that you'll definitely be at. Excellent. Okay. okay. I'm getting, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually having my sort of plus one moment, which is that I'm pissed I haven't seen the moment yet, <laughs> the movie yet. <laughs> huge, huge stuff. Um, but yeah, good. Um, lots of fun life moments have been happening. I'm looking for a, a new therapist. Exciting. I feel like every episode you are looking for a new therapist. Yeah, it's probably true. I run through them. I'm looking specifically for a gay guy therapist. And the problem with that is that um, gay guy <laughs> therapists I've met in the wild have all been uniformly insane yes you had a very funny joke about yep. that. Uh, uh it's it's very repeat your joke back to you but i did think it was really funny um but it is <laughs> like in in all seriousness like so many of the gay guy therapists i've met in the wild at parties or etc have just been absolutely insane or like just completely awful to their partners in ways that i'm like oh but you're gat you're currently gaslighting someone and i know that so why and, and and to know that your therapist could be currently gaslighting someone but that's as true you for speak. Anyone. I know it's true, but like especially for a therapist, it seems insane. I know, but I mean like any any therapist, not even just a gay guy, could be um, gaslighting. No. No, I think that's pretty much specifically <laughs> a gay guy therapist thing. Um I don't think a straight therapist would be gaslighting anyone. My my therapist would never gaslight anyone. No. <laughs> we know that for sure. Um so <laughs> if you're a gay guy therapist, preferably a person of color, tall order, who's not crazy. Yeah. Reach out. Um, Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> tall, tall order. JK, what I said means nothing. Yeah. 
So let's, I guess let's get into it. We, we are going to do some calls and some emails. We obviously didn't just want to jump on here and say goodbye and then bounce, but we are going to do some calls and emails. It's going to be very fun. Um, no cup dates today. No cup No dates. final cup dates. We didn't want to dig that far back. Oh, and- what was the, oh, I'm trying to remember what my friend thought we were saying. Cuck dates. Cuck dates. My yeah. friend John, I love you, um, was listening to the pod. Um, him and his wife, Amelia, uh, were saying that the whole time they thought it was called cuck dates. And it's because we were being cucked by the listeners who had advice for someone else. Which honestly <laughs> makes so much more sense than <laughs> cup dates. Like even if you heard cup dates, you would twist your brain into thinking it was cuck dates because what other explanation could there be? Right. There's actually a logical answer <laughs> when you hear cuck dates you can like you can get there with cup dates it's like huh <laughs> uh, we, what we need to do is we make we need to make cup dates like an actual thing like i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> like the next time i'm at a restaurant and my glass is empty i'm gonna say hey and i'm gonna tap my glass and i'm gonna go can i get a little cup date <laughs> fully artist Somebody, somebody's gonna love that oh did i ever tell you i i feel like i'm never gonna actually make this but i wanted to make a fake documentary about maybe i'll still do this but a fake documentary about me and I'm the only Foley artist who does it all with my mouth. <laughs> so it's like, like someone's walking in and going. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you should revisit this idea. Okay. No one else steal it. You've heard it here first. It's Mitra's idea. Okay. I'm inspired. Okay. So we solicited calls and emails. We um, want to do it as rapid fire as we're possible. Doing, we, we, want to get, like, we want to get as many people as we yeah. can in this last episode. So we are going to blast through, which for us will probably mean, what, like 45 minutes yeah. per call and email. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So should we just get into yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, do you want to read or me for this first one? Um, you read it. Okay. Hello, Mole and Jitra. I'm a stressed... Oh, my God. Literally forgot that we give them names. Now yeah. I'm actually about to have a panic attack. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Mole and Jitra. I'm a stressed gay he, him with no boundaries. However, a longtime friend of 14 years has continuously crossed a boundary. I tell this friend over and over again that she cannot resp- expect me to return her text in a timely manner every time. And I've had to reestablish this boundary with her numerous times. Well, after experiencing an Asian hate crime at my job at Starbucks, I had to cut oh off all God. communication with everyone to cry. This made my friend very upset, and she began messaging me like crazy on all social media platforms. Again, I reestablished this boundary, and she took it very personally and wrote back a very passive aggressive text we haven't talked in months and she's blocked me on social media i literally didn't ask for any of that duh (laughs) and i feel like she's gotten into our friend group first and told them her side of the story and won them over i'm just sad gay and tired i would love some advice any at all i love the pod and i hope y'all don't leave us again sorry i have literally nothing in my life to do um you'll find out thanks bye i hope y'all sit on someone's face Okay. okay he's sad he's gay he's asian he doesn't like to text. Um, wow, it's been a while since we've had to do this. I hate um, it. I, um, I hate this for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chairman Mao. Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but you have to say it. <laughs> Chairman um, now. Chairman now texts, please. <laughs> Okay, we don't have enough time. Well, we're doing it. <laughs> Chairman, now text, please. We got to get through yeah. these calls and emails. Um, what's your take on this situation? My take on this situation is what could her side of the story possibly be? Yeah. I think that um, you should, well, A, immediately talk to your friends and tell them what happened. When I read this and I hear that someone's mad at you for not texting back quick enough because you're crying in the bathroom of Starbucks because something very, very bad happened to you. Yeah. I, I think, I ultimately read this and I go, 
I mean, I look, I, you're clearly in the right. If, if if this is all there is to it, you're clearly in the right. Yeah. If yeah, uh, assuming that y- your side of it, like uh, assuming there is no other information that we are we are. To gleam from the situation. We don't know. We don't know. We only have your word to go on. Um, I think you're better off without this friend. She sounds um, a little like if if you're setting up boundaries and you set up the expectation, then there's really nothing she can do. Listen, this is a struggle that I'm having right now in my relationship where uh, my boyfriend is like, I won't text you back during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get really upset with him and um, mad that he won't text me back during the day or doesn't respond to every text that I send him throughout the day by the end of the day. So I understand where your friend is coming from. And I do think that there is always room to sort of like compromise with different, because like texting is such a weird thing. We all have different methods and modes and relationships and relationships to it. And what I think it's fair for you to set a boundary and saying like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to text you back right away every single time. I do think that there should like, you do have to move a little bit to the center for your friends too. Like my boyfriend, if he had his druthers would never text me back. Would would it wait until he sees me live to talk to me at all? And like, that's not okay. Like he can set that boundary, but that's not okay for me, you know? So like, I think there is room. This doesn't sound exactly like that situation because your friend seems a little manipulative, but. Yes, it's not the person. Also like this is, this is a friend, like a romantic partner. Like there's a different set of expectations and rules. For sure, for sure. because I have, a, I have a similar situation with Wit. Like, I, I do not want to text to the same amount or send, you know. I think there's always, you, you're just not going to be on the same level as another, like, you're different people with different schedules and different yeah. modes and different moods every single day. But the real problem was her not uh, making space for you to process something really bad that happened to you. Like, yeah. that to me is the headline. And I think, like, really for me, I'm like, maybe you don't want to deal with this person for a while. Enjoy that break. Enjoy that person blocking you for something so, like, it, bizarre. Yeah. Um, take that space. Take that time. And with regards to your friends, I think your sto- side of the story is a pretty open and shut case about who's in the right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really want to do... Um our next podcast should be investigating the situation to see who's actually correct. Uh, <laughs> calling every single yeah, person through crime every, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we actually love doing work, so yeah. that'll be great. <laughs> Perfect. All right, moving on. Thank you, Chairman. Now text, please. I'm in the bathroom at Starbucks. Um, I'll read this one. Mitra and Joel love you both equally. By chef, she, her, reporting from my shift at Heather's. There's a lady. Who, oh, my God. So many in-jokes. There's a lady who frequents my yoga studio where I am a fellow student in her 60s or so and is deeply annoying and disruptive. She talks throughout class, usually trying to be funny. She will sometimes show up in a cat onesie and try to relate everything we're doing to cats. Once when we were in town, we're facing dogs. She said, I'm going to say something bad. Downward facing fart. Yes. The other day, her phone went off in class, and rather than getting up to silence it, she answered it. Teachers' responses to her range from the direct to more patient to ignoring, and nevertheless, she persists. This woman is testing my sanity in an environment that's meant to be a peaceful refuge. What can I do? Thank you. Overjoyed. The pod is back. <laughs> Sorry. Um, please sit on my face. Okay. So, um, nevertheless, she persisted. Elizabeth Warren, yoga. Um, meow, Elizabeth. <laughs> meow, Elizabeth. Elizabeth wore her. Wore her. (laughs) Now, Elizabeth wore her. Um, Okay, that's it. Uh, Moving on. Um, The copters circling the Earwolf building. Yeah. This is a tough one because, like, I I, I feel it's so funny. I'm sorry. It is downward facing fart. 
Got yeah, me. Man. She got me, gal. She got me, gal. I read Downward Facing Fart and I said, okay, so we have a comedian on our hands. Um, it's tough because like I do find her a little sad. And I you I, I wonder what seeking. I wonder what's going on in her life it's and grim. or what's not going on in her life that yes. makes her sort of do this sort of behavior. Yes, there's a loneliness there. Yeah. Um, for sure. When I hear that, I go, that is a person who is not talking to people enough. I mean, I think there are some very clear things that like you can get them to take care of, which is like asking them with regards to something like answering the phone, like that is so clearly unacceptable and they should be dealing with it. So that's the kind of thing like you can talk to the studio about and be like, hey, can can you actually enforce the rule to not have people actively answering the phone yeah. in a yoga class? Like there are like things that you yeah, can Nobody do. wants to be like a snitch or a complainer, but like there it comes there comes a point when like it's like so obvious that you shouldn't take a phone call in a yoga class yeah. which is like also so clearly this person is not catching social cues yeah um, i mean one thing you could do is put up anonymous notes all over the studio that specifically <laughs> call out her behavior yes um that is what i would do honestly yes. um but other than that like i think you can also um start speaking up and you can also start saying hey shut up you could. You could also find another fucking studio. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, I don't know where she lives, but like, there's so many yoga studios. Honestly, if I walked in and I saw that woman and I was going there for my peace and quiet and all that shit, I would turn around and leave. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. You could also try making friends with her and then like, you know, talking to her about her behavior as a friend. You know, like that's a that's a long process to just get her to stop wearing a cat onesie and saying downward facing fart, but you know. <laughs> Sometimes the long cons are the best cons. Uh, it is really funny to me, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, next one. <laughs> okay. Hi, I love. Okay, I'm gonna skip all this stuff about uh, the podcast leaving. <laughs> Hi, I just moved to San Francisco, and I have the worst art co-op as our downstairs neighbors. It's a residential area, and their space is an office space. They told the landlord that they'd like to have artsy events, but what they're really doing is band practice with the drum set right under my bedroom and raves and everything lasts way past 10 p.m. Once they had a full sound system for a karaoke night at 2 a.m., and I could hear the words they sang. It's run by these awkward techies who are in their 30s. I've tried to talk to them about being quiet at 10 p.m., but every time this guy starts telling me that I'm not not compromising enough. Last time our ta- our talk lasted for 35 minutes and he was using all these dumb tech phrases to convince me that I should let him rip off my floors so they could be done better and I should just understand that this is their main source of income. I'm not on the lease, so I can't be in contact with the landlord, so I'm really looking for the unhinged options. Um the person on the lease is in, t- in contact with the landlord, but I'm afraid it won't be fast enough. Thank you for any help. Okay. So okay. she hates art? Yes. She hates music. Um Um she is um, a Grinch. I feel like we've done Grinch so many times. I know. Um, um, okay. Um, the fun police. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. um the fun police. <laughs> um, d- uh, Detective Olivia um, Benson. Detect C H Tiv. Oh, Olivia I got Olivia Ben. Daughter. <laughs> okay. Detec. Detecky. Detecky. Olivia Bendaughter. Amazing. All we are right. back. We are back. It's like we never left. Ba- yeah. This muscle. When you're so bad at something, <laughs> there's no room is to there's go. No, the yeah, there is same no level. atrophying. There is no atrophying. It just remains the same. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I think release vermin. 
into their place. Release vermin into their place. That's a good one. Um, I Horny vermin, yeah. by the way. Horny, horny vermin. I'm like really confused. Like, is this their main source of income or not? Like, are they techies? Like, what do you actually know about these people is my question. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're like gentrifying a neighborhood and they've been there for years and like this is just a part of the culture of the neighborhood, then I'm sort of like it on their side. But I, it yeah. doesn't sound it like doesn't that. It doesn't sound like that. But I don't know. Like all in like their 30s, like tech bros like I, I the, the way that it was worded makes me think that like everybody's kind of a gentrifier in this situation yeah, 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 yeah. um or at least like I, I don't know it doesn't it doesn't sound like the villains of this story no, yeah. are like you know my, I guess my thing is, is I'm so nostalgic for a time of San Francisco that I was never a part of because I read one book about San Francisco history from the 40s to now and yeah. um so I'm very deeply connected to the city and yeah. keeping it weird. These you guys know? are these guys are in their 30s though so they did not invent the 1960s. No, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Um so yeah, vermin. Vermin. Um I think um you could um set the whole building on fire. JK JK JK. <laughs> Legally, no. Legally, no. Legally, Legally that's no. a joke. Legally, Legally it's Legally, a joke. Legally, 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 we're laughing. it's a joke. Legally, you have to be laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there really is nothing to do except wait for the landlord to in- intervene. Yeah. Or maybe just do just rip up your floors. Let them do it better. Yeah. Are, are they going to, like, make your house cooler? I mean, I guess it sucks. Like, if you don't actually care, whatever. Like, but... I guess you could also ask them to like in, like install soundproofing type stuff or yeah. whatever. Like that might, could be an opportunity for them to compromise on a yeah. real level. But really horny vermin, horny vermin. Yeah. Okay. Horny vermin. Next one. Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. I'm starting with some background. I'm 27 and engaged to my partner of four years and my brother is 25 and still lives at home with my parents. Christmas 2019, we went from Chicago to LA to spend the holiday with my family. Upon being picked up by my grandparents from the airport, we learned from them that a girl my brother met online came down from Fresno to visit over Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and never left. So we didn't know she was staying at my parents' house and we were furious but kept quiet and just got through the week because this is our relationship because this is our relationship is not what it used to be. I feel he violated the respect and trust of my parents and their house. Fast forward to March of this year and we find out in a group chat with an aunt and some cousins that he has a second girlfriend. <laughs> then a couple of weeks later she visited without my parents knowing so it caused a big uproar with my dad. They didn't they don't know that we know this info from a secret group chat with some family members. So this June my partner and I are headed to the courthouse and getting married. We really don't want my brother's first girlfriend there because we have lots of feelings about her and we don't want to risk this or the other girl showing up out of nowhere. I told my mom that we only want him there, and she said he won't like it and that he'll make a stink about them choosing me over him. What should I do? Do I just not invite him or strictly tell him no girlfriends and just stand our ground on the issue? And if he doesn't show up, he can just deal with it? Help. Please sit on my face. Oh, and my pronouns are he, him. Bye. Okay. Um, Wedding crasher, um, my brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, Two brothers. Um, chipmunks. Um... um ch- <laughs> Um, courthouse wedding. Um, going to the chapel. Um, ah! oh no, oh no, we were doing so well. I mean, and by well, we were really being bad, so we really were being fast. so quick. Yeah, really we really were being fast. so quick. Before. <laughs> two girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, two girlfriends. Um, um mon- uh, non-monogamous. Um, um, two girls, one. Um. One son. One drip. One drip. <laughs> Two girls, one... Um, <sighs> Non-man-ogamous. Um, Great. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, um, 
definitely don't invite the girlfriend. Ew. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's the question. I think the the, the choices here are don't invite your brother okay. at all or invite him and tell him that he's not allowed to bring his girlfriends, in which case he's not going to come. I can tell you that for sure. He is not going to come. Yeah. invite. I would say I say definitely invite him. Say no girlfriend just so you can say that you did. Yeah, exactly. And then if he doesn't come, that's his problem and it's him being an asshole. Yeah. Um, save yourself. And it, and it's not your parents choosing over him. It's you setting boundaries for your own wedding, which is yeah, a special day. So exactly. if he interprets that as your parents choosing sides, that's his own like immature ass self being rude and stupid. No. Uh, in this situation, he's definitely the asshole. But also like what's going on with your parents? Yeah. I mean, that's hard. I don't know. It's like, you know, people have their own shit about kicking their kids out or whatever. But um. Two girlfriends. Two girlfriends. I mean, that's the real headline here. Yeah. What the hell? What's what's the situation with your the, what's your there brother are, there doing? Are, there, yeah, is your brother super hot? I mean, something has to be happening something. for him to be living with his parents and have two girlfriends, one of which lives like what? Like, what are the mechanics of this? I don't understand. I'm so curious about like his day to day. Like, yeah. you're living with your parents, so you already don't have a lot of like privacy and you know space, whatever. Your girlfriend is living with you with your parents. How the fuck are you having time for a second girlfriend who is serious enough that she could also want to come to the wedding of your sibling at a courthouse? I gotta say. The way you put it just now, the brother is a hero to me. <laughs> I mean, brother certainly like uh like a super remarkable. Like yeah. it is it is unimaginable like to me, like every step every every element of that person is sounds so difficult. I could <laughs> like, I, I can barely and I know you agree with this. We can barely manage one boyfriend and we live I mean, I I live separately. <laughs> I know. I, you live in the same house and it's your own house. It is my own house. And it's still, I go, some days I go, how, how does she do it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Superhero. Let him know. Well, actually, let us know if your brother has any advice for us yeah. on time management because he is clearly rocking yeah, it. My phone number is. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. Love you both equally. I'm a 26-year-old woman in grad school. Recently, I went on spring break with two of my friends who are dating and a good friend who's in a different friend group. Things led to another very quickly, and we spent those four days constantly talking and hooking yes. Oh, I had never felt so happy and comfortable, but he recently broke up with his long-distance girlfriend of two years and is still very much in love with her. Also, I hooked up with his best friend slash roommate days before our trip, so we decided not to continue anything and also to not tell anyone. This all hit me like a ton of bricks, and when I came back to school surrounded by peers, I was unable to talk to him the same way. These three last weeks have been a mix of sadness, optimistic denial, and rage that I can't share with most of my friends. I'm entering my Cassie era, trying to look hot every day, filled with rage, and I don't know what to do. Please help, and I would love for you to come it on my face. Okay. Euphoria. Euphoria is it. <laughs> Euphoria. Um, wow. Wow. This makes me nostalgic uh, for being I 26. Loved reading this. Yeah. Just the chaos of this. The chaos. I'm And I'm sorry. This is no disrespect intended. The low stakes chaos of this. Like, it's amazing. This is the kind of low stakes drama that this podcast was created to arbitrate. It, ooh, there's the math of this. Like, just, I would love to see, like, a chart of everyone, like, everyone's faces and, like, all the connections, who's hooking up with everyone. Like, because, like, you know, 
as we're getting older, like more and more people are sort of like long term coupled up. So we're not getting moments like this quite mm-hmm, as much. And no. that is devastating to me because it like gave, it gives me chills to imagine like moments like this. Like when I was sort of working my way through like my like sort of improv community. The improv community. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the stress and the chaos of that is so funny to think about now. And I'm 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 jealous of this. I'm also not jealous of this. Um tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Two friends who are dating and a good friend who's in a different friend group. That means you won't really have to deal with it. He's in a different friend group. Yeah. You really need, you need for your own sanity, you need to tell people. At least tell someone. Tell Tell, tell whoever you think is going to have the most fun reaction to it. And yeah. then let them be the one to tell everyone. And then also maybe once everybody knows, it'll be easier for you guys to start actually hooking up again. Yeah. Because it's already out there and the fear and the shame is gone. And it's like, well, if everyone's already reacted. Rip the Band-Aid. Rip the Band-Aid off and then get to fuck more. That's so fun. Yeah. Why not? You had a good time. This will You'll never be over this person until you're able to fuck it out of your system. Yeah. And it's like, look, so you hooked up with his roommate. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Oh my God. Because you already hooked up with him. You already did the bad, quote, bad thing. This is such a straight person thing. Because I think with (sighs) like the number of times I've hooked up with the friends of someone that I've hooked up with or like the roommate of someone I've, we're just used to it because there's not as many of us. Um, So there aren't as many options. And I think you guys aren't as used to that because there are so many options for you. (laughs) I'm used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Remind me to walk tell you about this wedding that I'm going to this year. Oh, if you're playing, if you're playing, if you're playing urgent care bingo at home, yes, we are now referencing something that we cannot talk on pod. On pod, um, I'm actually gonna make a note. Okay, incredible. Um, Tell everyone who cares. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. You're 26. This is a moment in your life. Get that. Get that. Get that. Okay. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Amazing. Okay. Uh, hello, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra, April, Chelsea, and Heather. Who is April? (laughs) (laughs) Was April, was, didn't somebody like think that like Chelsea was named April or something like that? that, Somebody thought Chelsea was named Heather. Somebody thought Chelsea was named Heather. (laughs) I don't. I don't think April is a character on our show. Yeah, I definitely don't remember, but it's very possible that we have, like, created a whole mythology about April and then have both just forgotten. Yeah, that's true. That's very us as well. Anyways, I, gay, he, they, am relatively new. (laughs) Gay gay in parentheses. (laughs) I mean, quotes. Quotes, yeah. (laughs) I, quote, unquote, gay, he, they, am relatively new to the whole dating thing, and I have run into a problem several times which I didn't expect to encounter. A huge point of contention in both relationships I have been in has been the time at which I shower. I prefer to shower in the morning because my hair is without fail a tragedy in the morning and the only way to fix it is through showering and it helps me wake up however every time I date someone they've been night showers I personally don't care when anyone else showers but my partners have insisted that I change to night showering because the apparent dirt and debris I pick up throughout the day sitting at a desk all day despite changing into clean clothes for sleeping I understand if I work out work out later in the day or invisibly dirty i will shower before bed but to shower twice a day seems excessive to me am i a nasty nasty dear little boy for not wanting to take showers at night is this a red flag your help and attention to this issue is appreciated anyway i cordially invite the entire staff of earwolf past and present to sit on my face <laughs> subsequently or all at once forever yours um Okay, okay so pig pen um um dirty dirty boy um he is a little piggy. He is. Um, um what's that, babe? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Charlotte's Web. 
Wilbur. <laughs> okay, Wilburp. 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 Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, this is, uh, listen, This it's it's wild because this is how it is in my relationship. My partner takes two showers a day as well. And he const- and usually sometimes would be like, you're not going to take a shower at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But but I'm like, babe, I'm just going to go to bed and then wake up and take the shower. And like, I, I don't need to be clean to be in my bed, I yeah. guess, is my, is my thing. Um, so I say don't change. And if they are, if they think that this is a deal breaker, that's a red flag to me. If someone cares that much about you showering twice a day, when you're already showering once a day and you're not visibly dirty, they are the problem. They are the problem with society. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said that. Look, I'm dirty. So I, <laughs> this to me, I've said before, wit is king of sort of gently encouraging me to take a shower. <laughs> Which I now recognize is sort of what I'm, if I'm not showering regularly, then, you know, let's. How many, What what is your average? I mean, I when I'm when I'm not feeling depressed, <laughs> I'm taking a shower every day. But okay. when I am feeling depressed, it's really hard for me to See, shower. See, it's the reverse for me. When I am depressed, I'm taking like four showers a day. Interesting. Yeah, just sitting down in the shower. Oh, uh, to sit down in the shower. It's my favorite thing. I love sitting in the shower. One luxury. <laughs> I remember being in high school, and I didn't even. I had never even considered that sitting down in the shower was an option. And then a girl had mono, and she was like, "I knew I had mono because I was sitting in the shower." And I was like, "You can sit in the shower," it, and it changed my life. I, I really think the media has done a disservice to us by only depicting sitting in the shower when something truly awful has happened to you, and you're sort of tra- traumatized. Yeah, like that. Like I feel like sitting in the shower is like such a universal signal of trauma now yes. but you don't have to be traumatized to sit in the shower babe no you can just want to sit yeah you just <laughs> sit. let that water hit you because uh, it's not it's different than a bath you're sitting in the standing water in the bath to sit down and just have a have the rain fall yeah. oh heaven okay so um, what i yeah, would say I guess break up no, what i would say is the next time someone shames you for not wanting to take two showers a day you invoke the name greta thunberg Okay, (laughs) you say it's not good for the environment. We are wasting water by taking two showers a day. I refuse to be complicit. That's beautiful. Okay, moving on. Email. Hello, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra, my gorgeous, beloved, and special podcast gods. I am someone who performs as one of their jobs, and I'm struggling to work with one of my collaborators who's a cis white male. I am not a cis white male and am, of course, a genderqueer lesbo. Bless up. Basically, my collaborator really struggles with I suck syndrome. He very often doubts his own choices and overthinks everything. He constantly looks for approval and very much needs a lot of reassurance when we're working on something together. This is something I've had a hard time with, not only because I am not his mommy, but because I work very differently and maybe have a little bit more confidence. Sometimes I I don't have patience for it and find myself freaking out at him, which I don't want to do because we're friends. I want him to be confident, but I also don't want to keep blowing smoke up his ass in order for us to collab. I want to keep working with him because truly he's hilarious, but I also don't know how to convince him he's good and I'm tired of the sad boy stuff, you know. Anyway, love y'all. Thank you for this gorge pod. Be well. Okay. Um, um, so we've got a lesbian comedian. Uh-huh. Um, um, we've got... Um, gender queer lesbo, I should mm-hmm. say. Um... Um, Wanda, yikes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying no to nothing today. Um, Okay. So, um, for me, I mean... I, when, when I'm especially around a guy who does this, I get, a white guy who does this, I get, like, so physically furious. Like, I can't 
tolerate it. Um, I suck syndrome. I think um, for me, what what I've found works is to just visibly express disdain every single time. Just be like, oh, no. <laughs> and just shout it out immediately because it's like truly like and this is something that comes up in therapy for me a lot. Like you cannot make someone else be confident. You can't make people do anything mm-hmm. like even like. Because I think, like, when you love someone and you believe in someone and you see how good they are and how good they could be, it is frustrating to see them standing in their own way. So the impulse is to be like, if I just conf- compliment them enough, if I just do this enough, if I encourage them enough, then, then then they'll believe in themselves. And it's like, that doesn't work. Of course it helps to, like, be surrounded by people who believe in you, but you can't make someone believe in themselves. You can't give him confidence. Like, he has to figure out that shit on his own. But what you can do is curb the behavior of him, like, taking up so much oxygen in the room talking about how insecure he feels like he should feel bad about taking up all that time yeah i i think like um communicate you did not give us any indication that you've communicated any of this to him like directly so i think like yeah you're well within your rights to stop quote unquote blowing smoke up his ass but i think that like you have to have one final sort of definitive conversation with him where you say this behavior is not this is detrimental to my creative process this is the last time i'm going to tell you you are good you are worthy i'm only work i'm here i'm here because you're funny because yes. let me tell you if you weren't funny i would not put up with this behavior yes. and this constant i suck syndrome shit and leave and so you tell him as long as i am here I think you're funny and that needs to be reassurance enough and the rest you need to figure out on your own. That's beautiful. And and I do think like we underestimate how, or oh, I often overestimate how clear I'm being. And I, I think like I've gotten into now forcing myself to be in a practice of like, I don't want you to do, I want you to do this, whatever, whatever it is, saying it clearly, then you give people the tools to do better by you. Like if you don't actually say these things out loud to him, you're not giving him an, a clear opportunity to improve and stop doing the things that are yeah. frustrating you. Um, Beautiful. Okay, next one. Okay. Hey, Mitra and Joel, Joel and Mitra. I am newly single and it is absolutely horrifying. (laughs) Waking up every day feeling like a little piece of shit, but distracting myself fully with partying and now maybe plastic surgery. I'm a genderqueer lesbian who works in the arts. I'm thinking about getting lip filler. Should I? I'm thinking I could pull a full on Kylie Jenner 2014 glow up moment. Full disclosure, I have thin little baby lips and a a round Irish potato face. (laughs) I'm worried about it looking too super femme, but also want to try it. I'm absolutely obsessed with Faye from Euphoria and may just go all the way. I'll include a photo of my face. I'm truly putting this in your hands. I think if you say yes, I will <laughs> put a down payment. My future lies in your hands. I love the stakes of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, Kylie, <laughs> lip fillers. Um, gay from Euphoria. <laughs> gay from Euphoria. <laughs> um, okay. Here's my thought as someone who has watched a ton of Housewives and is obsessed with botch and all that kind of stuff. I feel like the thing to try first, and I say this as someone who has never gotten Botox, never gotten filler, never gotten any kind of work done, but I'm totally open to it. Um, I would say, I feel like if I were thinking about this, I would try like a Botox lip flip first. What is, what's that? Basically, you can get Botox in like your lip area that kind of flips your lip up a little bit in the way that a little bit of filler in your top lip would do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is it is it more or less permanent damage? What is what is the I think it's I think, I mean, I think there's Tell risk. Us, with, Dr. There's risk with everything. But I believe that like Botox wears off sooner. So like it to me, from what I understand, and again, I am a medical doctor, everything I say is law. Um, it seems like that is maybe a more low low stakes 
like with filler, I'm, I'm personally scared of filler because I just see so many things of it, like migrating and all that kind of stuff where like Botox at least seems a little more low stakes in terms of that kind of stuff. Like, and and, and in terms of the fears, like I personally would probably be more open to getting Botox than filler if I got something done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then, and you can achieve similar effects to getting lip filler with a lip flip. Um, that's my two cents. Yeah, look into it. <laughs> but also... Do you know if it's more expensive? I don't know. I don't know how much any of it costs. Yeah. Like, I've not done enough research to actually know about any of this stuff. And again, I'm literally talking out of my ass. I just watch every fucking... I've watched, it's like, seven full seasons of Botched. So yeah. I'm like... <laughs> um, I say do whatever makes you happy. I will say, um, I, I didn't look at the photo. Did you look at the photo? Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you think? It's, I don't know. I, I don't like, I I don't like to like, I don't actually, I don't actually want to weigh in. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the thing I was going to say, outsource to your friends, babe. Yeah. You're like, trust your friends. If your friends tell you no, then trust and believe that you shouldn't do it. Yes, completely. I, I have friends who have gotten lip filler and it looks awesome on them because they like, it's sort of, you know, it's the moderation thing. Like if you, if you. If you go all the way immediately, I think you're going to feel insane. But if you do just a little bit and just see how you like it, yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, would, yeah, I would maybe not go full Kylie Jenner, 2014. Yeah, Miss I mean, Fade from Head. Euphoria like is extreme. Yeah. Um, I love how she looks, but I, I think like that will be like really jarring to look in the mirror and see your face like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, enjoy. enjoy whatever whatever it is. It's going to look fucking awesome. So yeah. have a great time. Okay. Um, it's me, right? Yep. Okay. Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. I love your Bravo conversations at the beginning of episodes, and I always want to hear more. I know most Bravo fans have strong opinions about their favorite housewives. I know I do, so I'd love to hear what you guys think about some housewives topics. I have so many questions. Here are a few. Who do you think is the most iconic housewife? Um, who do you think, do you think Erica knew Tom was stealing, and when do you think she knew? Did Tom really confront the burglar? Are you happy and annoyed she'll be on for the next season? Monique versus Candace, who, Candace, who was right? Uh, thank you both. Love you both. And remember... Why be so nasty and so rude when you can be so fierce and so successful? <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we don't need necessarily need to name this person because they're just asking questions about yeah, housewives. Sure. But I just kind of wanted to give us a platform to talk about housewives one last time. Yeah. I mean, we need to. Um, who do you think is the most iconic housewife? Oh, my God. That's really, really brutal of a question. I should have given it more thought. Um, I would say... Um, <laughs> um, Nini, probably, yeah. um, would, would be my pick from most iconic like there's there's a bunch of like I think really it's it's a hard choice but I think Nini is like like just such a part of like internet culture and like just is the blueprint um Nini's not my my personal favorite but I can't I think it's kind of hard to deny that she's had the biggest impact on the culture writ large I definitely think most iconic like she's not the housewife I love the most necessarily like there are people that I think are like that I laugh with at more but Nini I mean Nini is just like a fucking blast and has contributed so much to that universe um Um, I I would say uh runner-up close second would be I'm sorry Luann I was, Luann I, is I had, it, I, the I countess. Sort of, I was kind of tied with Luann. Well, yeah, Luann. I think Lu, Luann. Is I think like, Lu, like people do know money can't buy you class. They do. Like, <laughs> they they honestly do. It, again, she sort of became meme. Don't be all uncool. Like she's had, and she honestly is the one one of the only housewives who has dipped seamlessly in and out of being a villain. Mm-hmm. 
and um like th- from season to season yeah. like the the shifts in her character and like where she stands in the narrative of the show shifts so often and i think that is in and of itself iconic um, i think vanderpump is up there yeah and i was going to say vanderpump too icon level housewives yeah. too um okay. so somewhere in that range um do you think erica knew tom was stealing and when do you think she knew i think she knew that he was doing bad stuff but she didn't know the extent of it I she certainly she didn't knew. know any of the details when you have like a lawyer husband who is doing like like nice people work and then you can also spend like $50,000 a month on glam. You have to know on some level that it's not, not right. A, a kosher above board. Yeah. Um, did Tom really confront the burglar and then go have <laughs> eye surgery? And was it snowing in Pasadena? Um, no. <laughs> no, none of that is true. None of that is real. Am I happy annoyed she'll be on next season? I feel like completely apathetic about Erica. Yeah. I'm so like I'm over her. Sometimes it's fun to have her on there, but I'm like, it's all fake. I don't care. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I just never feel like we're getting like a, anything real from Erica. Yeah. Anyways, so like, I'm not that interested. I am excited at, at the prospect of her feuding with Garcelle and Sutton, though. Me too. I like that. I, I like that. I like her when she has a clear when she has a clear foil. She's good. And I like that those are two women, Garcelle in particular, who are not intimidated by her. Yeah. And I think Sutton held her own surprisingly well yeah. against her. Um, so that's exciting to me. Moni versus Candace, who was right. I actually don't want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, well, it's, it's very slap adjacent. Um, I will say, um, no, I mean, listen, Candace is in my top five. Uh, you love Candace. I love Candace. Matt loves Candace. Bowen loves Candace. What's, we all um, love you Candace. You make me come back. Come back. I think, I think probably the best house, like actually in terms of quality, if the you, best housewife song. If you take Candy off the table, I think. Oh, right, right, right. But like, yeah, Candy's yeah. like a... But like I don't I don't I don't count her as like I don't think of her as like housewives music. Yeah, housewives music. I think if you had a music career before housewives, I don't consider you like no, housewives music. Exactly. Like Candy exactly. is in like a different category. Yeah, completely. absolutely. Um, um, I agree. I I, th- I think it's, it's a pretty good song. Yeah. <laughs> I've like earnestly listened to it. Yeah. So okay. Dear chefs, the pandemic forced me to face reality. I don't give a shit about my industry and college degree, architecture. I feel lost as to what I actually want to do. School is an option, but the thought of paying for a program when I'm unsure about my life gives me pause. What steps do you recommend for figuring out the next career move? Mushrooms, pronouns she, her, love you to equally, working. Oh, gave themselves a name. Okay, got it. <laughs> girl. Working girl. She's um, an architect. Architect her. Architect her. hearst <laughs> Yeah. Say it, say it okay. one more time. For Architectural hurl. Dijerst. Architectural. Architectural. Dijerst. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I <laughs> highly recommend LSD mushrooms or ayahuasca, whichever you can get your hands on. I do. I Great. do. I'm sorry. I do. Why be sorry? I'm not. I'm actually not sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Um, I, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, why not? You have time. Um, and I think like take this time to reassess like what what are the things you you like doing? You yes. know? Like that that you can't always turn that into a career, obviously. But like it sounds like you don't have a good sense for what you'd even want to go back to school for if you wanted to go back to school. I do think that there is like uh, there are options outside of school. There are training programs, there are class individual classes you can take. A lot of like I, I, it, it really just depends on what you want to go into next. It sounds like this person has money because they're already thinking about paying for another program. Um, 
I'm just going to decide that. And if that is true, take a gap year, rest, yeah. figure out what you figure out, you know, travel. I don't know. Hang out. Yeah. Just chill. Just you chill. doesn't have to be a year. It could be a month, but just like truly chill. If you have the luxury of being able to do that, do that. Do that, babe. And yeah, do drugs. Okay, great. Um, Dear Mitra and Joel, Shy Chef here writing for a bit of reality check and friendship advice. I've been trying to foster a new friendship with an elusive and dreamy neighbor over the last few months. Omicron made it challenging to get together until this spring, but we've hung out a handful of times in the last couple of months, which is great because making friends in your 30s during a pandemic is hard. Every time she invites me to do something, though, her boyfriend is also there and I'm struggling to get her to commit to one-on-one plans with me. Example, she invited me over for a casual craft night, which I assumed would be just the two of us. And when I got there, the boyfriend was there and started crafting ironically with us too, which definitely changed the dynamic for me. He's perfectly kind and nice, but they have a very babe-heavy couple dynamic, if you know what I mean. I can't help but feel like his constant presence creates a bit of a barrier buffer for my friend and I to actually get to know each other. So my questions are, am I overthinking some someone welcoming into their life or is it fucking weird to always include your boyfriend in your plans without asking and telling your friends? How can I create opportunities to bond with this new friend, just the two of us, even with the boyfriend there? Should I just be an adult and tell her how I feel? L-M-A-O. Apologies for the length, but thank you for in advance for reading and giving advice. You are both cordially invited to sit on my face whenever you like. Okay. Um, third wheel. Um, boyfriend's always there. Um, shy. She's a shy girl. She's a shy wheel. Um, shy wheel O'Neal. <laughs> well, that's perfect. So the very, very last name that we ever have on the Urgent Care podcast so fucking bad. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Thanks, Joel. You're welcome. <laughs> Shy Wheel O'Neill. Um, well, okay. this is not Mao. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's we true. started with that, but we and you now. were actually killing it now. Yeah. Shy Wheel O. Neil. Neil? Okay. Yeah, Shy Wheel Shaquille O'Neal. Shy Wheel O'Neal. Yes. Yeah. No, no. I, of course, it's so intuitive. How could I get confused? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I don't necessarily think it is like the weirdest thing in the world no. for her boyfriend to be there, but I will just say like, can it just be girls? Like, can it just be us girls or something? Yeah. Like that just say like, do you want to have a girls night? Can it be one-on-one? Like, I will just specifically say, like, I said that to my friend yesterday because we had a bunch of like, like Patty and I were having a bunch of like three person hangs and I was like, can we just do one-on-one? And like, and then we did and it was fine. It wasn't weird at all. I don't think it's weird to be like, and I think like as a, and then you can also set that precedent so that she can know like to be like once you have a couple hangs one-on-one, she can know to be like, is this something my boyfriend can come to? Or Yeah. Also, like, are you not actually initiating any of the plans? Like, have invite her over to your house. And then if she says, can my boyfriend come? You can say, oh, I thought it would just be us girls. But th- that's cool as well. You know, like. You, well, I think the problem is, like, it sounds like this person is just bringing the boyfriend and assuming that that's fine and normal. Like. Is it fucking weird to always include your boyfriend and your friends without asking kind of thing? Well, no, like, she says every time she invites me to do something, though. Oh. So it is when she's she's getting the invite. So oh, when you, well, like, take control of the plans. Yeah. You know? And, and like, then she'll be forced to ask if her boy And if she's bringing the boyfriend without, without warning when you're making the plans, that is That's a little weird. weird. But I will say, yeah, it did not bump me at all that the boyfriend is there. Yes, I think it's just... Just specifying. It's not a big deal. It's not you being an asshole to him. It's totally normal to want to hang out one-on-one with a new friend. I think it's just 
clearly you're going to have to verbalize it with this person. And if that's like the only kind of hang up you have with her, then it's a really small thing, a small hill to climb to get one on one time. And then if she's like, no, we can't hang out without my boyfriend. It's like, oh, no, you're then weird. You know, yeah, th- then you know you're weird. <laughs> oh, here's an idea. Korean spa. Oh, love that. Can't go. You can't go. I'm yeah. going this weekend. I'm Just so choose an activity that he's not allowed to be at. I love that. Yeah. 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 I think it's real. Like women have the luxury of girls night Mm -hmm. and like it's just such a clear way to be like he's not coming. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So enjoy. Wow. Enjoy being the very last. Wow. The very last one. But not technically because we do have two voicemails that are important. No, no advice necessarily to give to these two people, but we thought it would be very important to include them. Um should, uh, should they've been we with us since up? the very beginning. They've been, they've been with us since episode one. We used to do a lot of things on this podcast that sort of fell off. And one of them included calling people back, which was a really fun aspect of the podcast that we just got too lazy to do. And we called. And also someone was very creepy to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should also say that that happened as well. Um, but we, um, yeah. If you guys recall, we had Lucy and Eli. Um, This was before we were giving out names. They were just Lucy and Eli to us back then. They were two teens who wanted to get revenge on a boy that That both both had had a crush crush on. on. (laughs) And it was one of the most chaotic things, but it really set the tone for the podcast moving forward. And also, within 30 seconds of speaking to them, we instantly bonded to them because they were simply avatars for each of us. Yes, exactly. So we wanted to hear from them. They unfortunately couldn't call together because... um, Eli's in London now. Which we, we love is, for Eli. Isn't it crazy that we spoke to them when they were in high school and now they're living like full adult lives? It actually makes me emotional. So let's yeah. just get right into their calls. Maybe let's just play them back to back. Great. Hello, this is Lucy of Lucy and Eli reporting back a few years later with an update. When Eli and I um, got wind of the fact that you were interested in hearing from us again, we were very, very excited. So very honored for this. Also, Joel, I'm so sorry that I sent you my schedule. That was psychotic. Uh, I apologize. But I'm... It's actually not just, at all. I'm no. just going to update you, you know? Um, first of all, I listened just to the to the episode again after having not listened to it since it came out. And we sound so young and yeah. crazy. So I appreciate your your kindness. And, um, Mitra, I have to tell you, you teaching me how to receive compliments. Eli and I still, when we get a compliment that we have trouble accepting because we think it's too kind, we'll say, Mitra, thanks. Mitra, thanks. <laughs> which is a reminder to ourselves that we should accept mm. it gracefully rather than rejecting it. Um, and I'm, I'm studying acting at UCLA. Woo. I'm in a happy relationship with Another Waysian, a lot of Waysian conversation in that podcast, but it's it's a Waysian on Waysian slay. Um, <laughs> he's a musician and he's very nice to me, and rare. Um, and I I actually um, Car and I we we all like rekindled. <gasps> Car helped me through a very Car. difficult emotional time, and he's blossomed. He's actually biking everywhere right now. And um, Eli's in London, and I miss him so much. And we're still best friends, and he's everything to me and um yeah just much love to you guys thank you so much have a good one bye hi mommy and daddy this is eli of eli and lucy crying shaking screaming throwing up that i'm not with lucy right now i can't believe it um i think she called earlier than me i don't know what she said (laughs) 
What I do think is important to say is that she just filmed a feature film and she does have Oscar buzz. So keep that in mind. She what? She filmed an Oscar also, a movie. Say, I'm living in London, living it up, freezing cold. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully moving out of here in two years. So watch for that. If you're in London in the next two years, any of you, <laughs> come say hi. Just type Eli into Google and I'll be there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what do I have to say? Um, my BFF, Jaya, is a big fan. She wanted me to say that she's so sad that the podcast is leaving, <laughs> is ending, and that she has big tits. Um, that was Jaya. And also, hi, Penelope. And, yeah, me and Lucy are still best friends in the entire world. We text every single day. I miss her every day. I'm seeing her soon, this summer. Um... Yeah, I think that we should get a podcast together. I think that Beer Gum or what is it called? Stereo Stereo Doggy, the podcast network. Get us get us on on it. Yeah. Um, Beer gum. <laughs> Studio Doggy. We're still BFFs with what's his face with car. Was that his in car truck? Motorcycle, we're BFFs with him. No romantic entanglement since I don't think. Lucy has a gorgeous little Half Japanese, half Jewish boyfriend. We love him. <laughs> and his name is um, Monster Truck. Yeah. So sad that you guys are ending. Love you lots. Changed our lives. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. That, like, truly emotional. <laughs> I know. Um, and so, so like Lucy to leave out that she's filming a feature film. I cannot believe the nerve yeah. of Lucy to not tell us. <laughs> Mitra, thanks indeed. Um, really so incredible. Sweet. They, I have to say, they do sound so much older. And I it's know. crazy because it doesn't it feel like, it does not feel like we've been doing this podcast that long. And I know, it, but we filmed that first episode like four years ago, maybe three years ago. When was that? Like, it was we filmed over it so three. long it was before. Over three, yeah. um, maybe, maybe almost four years at yeah. this point. Insane. Well, Maddie. I mean, I'm so glad we got to hear from them. It feels very full yeah, circle to hear it really from Lucy does. and Eli. And it is crazy to hear that car is still in their lives. Car is still in their <laughs> lives. I love that they're still best friends. Yeah, it makes me really happy. Of course they are. I'm but I'm very happy that they are. Um okay, Joel. And and it's it's it makes sense too, because as they parted ways, but are still best friends. Mm-hmm. We're parting ways, and we'll always be best <laughs> friends, and we'll always be podcasting co-hosts, no matter what. You know, <laughs> it's sort of like you know how they still call the presidents president yeah. after they're no longer president anymore. Yes. That is sort of what's going to happen co-host. with us. I'll, yeah, I'll my refer co-host. to you as my co-host for yeah. the rest of our days, exactly. whether we're hosting a podcast together or not. You exactly. will always be first and foremost my co-host. Um. Yeah. So this is it. I. I I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, I do want to thank everybody. It is insane, I think, the following that we gathered with this <laughs> nonsense podcast of us just bleeding out like um, crazy aphorisms and um, advice for the last couple of years. And we're so lucky. And like, I'm so glad that I got to do live shows after the podcast oh happened because getting to meet all of you at meet and greets and things like that after my shows has been such a highlight of doing the podcast and it makes me feel so special and so loved and like the community that we've built I think is so incredible and just hearing people say like I'm a chef in real life is oh my god some, like it, it always makes me happy it's so so great please don't stop doing that um. yeah. <laughs> 
And I think like the, the like shockingly very sweet thing, not shockingly, but I think like unexpected sweet thing is like how sweet our listeners are to each other. All of the advice that you've given each other mm-hmm. on the podcast, especially like just li- like listening back and thinking about all the things that like we didn't feel confident to speak on immediately having like 15 people being yeah. like, I am from this particular subset of people or like I have this experience and very generously offering advice and experience and making other people feel less alone is like really, really beautiful. So I think, you know, we're so lucky to like have been witness to that in like truly we found love in a hopeless place. Like really the dumbest, dumbest show in the world and some of the sweetest people in the world listening to it and writing in and thanks for listening and thanks to the people that I'm friends with and know in real life for listening. And and listen, um, watch this space because like, um, you know, this, this podcast became a little bit too much for Mitra and I to do every week but that doesn't mean that we won't work together on something else in the podcasting space Completely. down the line yes um, listen to our bonus care episodes they're a lot of fun some of the most fun I think I've ever had <laughs> recording with you is contained in the the insanity of those bonus yeah, care episodes yeah you'll definitely learn a lot you'll learn a lot lots um, of really smart stuff um, so yeah download Stitcher Premium for that and um, the, the first episode is already out they'll be uh, dropped weekly from then on out and then you know Again. Yeah, we're very sad to be ending. We're very sorry to be ending, but there will be more down the line, I'm yeah. sure. Um, thank you so much to Ryan. Ryan, the king who's been with us since the beginning. I don't, and isn't that so scary for him? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what he's seen, what, what he's, he's absorbed to cut out of the episode, yeah. the amount of dead air oh that Ryan <laughs> has sat through and cut out of episodes is actually heartbreaking. Um, the number of calls that we thought we could handle and then We're immediately like, take had, it out, take it out, take out the full call. What we said uh, was so stupid. Yeah, um, it's incredible. So thank you, Ryan. Shout out to Dana. Shout mm-hmm. out to Chelsea. Um, shout out to Amelia, who only got to be our producer for our, our last few bonus episodes in this episode, but she's incredible. What a, what a legend. A Thank legend. you, Colin, who took a chance. endured our pitch. Took long a chance. To- yeah. <laughs> really rolled the dice. Thanks Thank you, July. Oh my Thank God. you, July, who really actually sort of in, in, a, in a roundabout way created the naming convention by naming our episodes after things we said yes. in, in the podcast episode. I mean, he truly, uh, like next to Ryan, is probably the most traumatized because he had <laughs> to listen to uh, Absolutely traumatized. Thanks to all of our friends who either guest hosted or co-hosted or called in. And um, I can't think of anything, anyone else to thank, but um, I'd like to thank the Academy. I would like to thank um, all of Broadway. (laughs) (gasps) I'd like to thank Bravo. um, Definitely Bravo. um, And thank you, Mitra. Thank you, Joel. Joel, you have been... um, Obviously, like, I'm, like, the most open on this podcast, but <laughs> it has been, I almost, I felt that it was too sadistic, but I almost played um, clips of, um, I feel like it's a really beautiful time capsule for you, yeah. probably. I mean, oh I don't want to speak for you, but it's, like, hearing, and we can cut this, but, like, hearing you talk about, like, wanting to find someone or, and then being like, I'm actually never going to date. I'm never going to do it. And then now on our last episode to be like, so in love and like in yeah. such a good place with your life and career and stuff. It's like pretty beautiful to watch. And I feel yeah. like when you're hopefully when you're older, you'll listen back oh my God. and hear some it of the certainly will be psycho shit. You said <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about yourself and your life that is proven not true. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I wish I had something deep and meaningful to say to you, but um, <laughs> I don't because you haven't changed at all. Um, you've been stagnant. You've been, <laughs> you've been stuck in the same place, same boyfriend, um, same everything. It's true. Um, <laughs> no, but this is, um, you've made me a better comedian. You've made me a better person. No. And I really, really do love you. I love you. Okay. All right. Well, um, so This is our fight song. This is our fight song. We say goodbye. (laughs) Okay, for real. Goodbye. Bye, chefs. (laughs) 